My name is Wayne Dusso, uh, and this session is all about uh, our file system storage services. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm very excited. Uh, so well, first off, uh, for those in the room, uh, who, who, who is here for the first time? First reInvent, raise your hand. Wow, that's crazy. Thank you. Anybody been to all reInvents? Who's been to all eight? Raise your hand. Six is good. You know, we'll take six. We'll take six. Um, so this is this uh, this is my eighth reInvent. Um, I've been with AWS for just uh, under eight years. So uh, what I see in this audience, what I see at the show, simply amazes me. Uh, the, the growth uh, of of the conference and and the, quite frankly, um, the level of interest and just fascinating people I get to meet every single uh, time we come here. So today we're going to talk about uh, our, our first party, uh, if you would, uh, file systems uh, services on AWS, which uh, today uh, are serving over 100,000 uh, customers on a daily basis. So these services are, are used extensively uh, for folks in their business in, to modify and uh, update their uh, infrastructure. Uh, and to help modernize their architectures. And, and my intention today is that um, when, when you leave the room, uh, you'll know what we offer uh, and which services is right, which service is right for you uh, as you look towards uh, transforming your business uh, with AWS. So, you know, why, why are we here? Uh, we're here for you. Um, you know, all we do uh, is, is to make sure that uh, you can uh, innovate, uh, you can transform, what you do every day for your businesses. Uh, and the vast percentage of, of unstructured data uh, lives in file systems today. So file systems is something that uh, for years uh, you've been telling us are really important. Um, and, and I really fully identify uh, with your saying, uh, saying these things because I've been building uh, storage products uh, for roughly 30 years. So I've lived on both sides uh, of the problem as a builder, uh, also as a user. Uh, so I truly understand the challenges and the opportunities that exist uh, with, with, uh, with file systems and file systems in the cloud. So my goal today is for you to understand how AWS can help you, help your business uh, transform uh, using our file system services. So for today, what I'd like to happen at the end of the, by the end of the session is that you have a handful of takeaways. Uh, that, that you can go off and, and think about uh, with, with your teams and your businesses. Uh, so first off, I want you to get introduced uh, into, into how file system services can help accelerate uh, your transformation uh, onto AWS. And I want you to understand uh, and take away uh, an understanding of each member of our file system services family. Uh, we have the opportunity today, and I'm really excited uh, to have uh, both Discover and MindBody uh, come up on stage and tell you firsthand uh, they've used these services to transform their infrastructure, to transform their architectures, their application architectures, and how they're now transforming their businesses by getting more value out of, out of, uh, out of their data and also being able to turn their attention to their primary business and not running storage services on AWS. Now, we've released a lot of things this year. We've launched a lot of things. I want to touch upon some key ones that are really moving the services forward in terms of major capabilities 
Um, and I, I won't go into all of them because there's deep dive sessions for all the things we've launched this year. And then I want to give you uh, a glimpse uh, of what other sessions you can attend if what we've done here today, this morning, is of interest to you and you want to go deeper. So all we do every hour, every day, every year, is really in partnership with you. Um, nothing makes me happier than to have folks like Discover and MindBody come up and tell us uh, about what they're doing with our services. Nothing makes me happier than to hear your stories, the good, the bad, and the ugly uh, during the course of the week. Uh, and um, what you see up here is, is a small selection uh, of customers that cover a vast uh, set of industries, uh, shapes and sizes of companies uh, that use our storage services. And, and here at reInvent, you, you um, and sharing your stories and listening to others who are sharing their stories have a real first-hand opportunity to hear what's good, what's bad, and what we need to fix. So yesterday, uh, Kevin Miller uh, got up on stage at our Sto State of the Union for storage. And he, he introduced um, a, a mental framework uh, for the three main motivators uh, that we see for why customers uh, come and use AWS. And, and they are, in, 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 in quick order, uh, the ability to transform their IT infrastructure, the ability to transform their application architectures, and the end goal is the ability to transform how their business works, how their business operates, uh, the cost of running your business, the agility that you get from being on AWS. And so today I want to just touch upon that framework that Kevin introduced yesterday, but through the lens of, of file services. So with fully managed file systems, um, you can uh, essentially, you can, you can fundamentally change your IT infrastructure because at its very core, one of the key pieces of your IT infrastructure is your storage. And what we'd like you to be able to do with these services is to move from traditional activities of planning and procurement and provisioning and administration um, to file system storage that you can just set and forget. It needs to be simple, it needs to be secure, it also needs to integrate with modern frameworks, containers, serverless. Very important. Uh, and once you have modernized, if you would, your IT infrastructure using file storage, um, the next thing you can start to think about is, well, how do I use, now that I don't have to think about file server storage anymore, how do I start thinking about modifying my application architectures? Um, and so with a set and forget model of, of storage infrastructure, you can start to transform your application uh, architectures. And with cloud native integrations with our file system services, um, you can start to think about how you use all of our AWS services with file storage underneath. So for, as example, um, you can capitalize on integrations with um, our container services, ECS and EKS. Uh, you can capitalize on uh, security models or security services that you've come to use in all of your applications on AWS like IAM. Uh, for instance, this week uh, we, we're pre-announcing 
that EFS will have an integration, direct integration with IAM for uh, authenticating and authorizing users for things like um, read-only file systems or root squashing of a file system or to insist or in, make sure that um, we uh, have every connection to a file system uh, be having have an, uh, encryption and transit uh, enabled uh, so that you can make sure that your file system storage is being securely used. And finally, in this thought framework, and the most exciting part of the thought framework, and you'll hear from uh, folks later today on how they're doing this, is being able to transform your business. You know, uh, building these transformations uh, uh, in uh, can fundamentally change how you operate, whether it's uh, top-line revenue, customer satisfaction, or just simply reducing the cost uh, of how you operate your business. And many organizations are succeeding at modifying and updating their IT infrastructure, uh, modernizing their application architectures, and then they start to look at their data and see it as a, if you would, as a, as a, as a, as a profit center, as a value, and not just uh, something that they have to manage. Um, and this is very exciting to us. So, um, you know, not every uh, problem is a nail and, and not every solution is a hammer. Uh, and when it comes to file system storage, uh, this is very true. Uh, there are, um, our objectives with our file system services is to provide each and every one of you with the right tools for the problems that you have. And so um, this objective uh, combined with your feedback is what drives what file systems we offer, uh, what their price points are, what their performance capabilities are, and, as you'll see throughout the, the presentation in the week, what integrations uh, we implement based on your feedback with the rest of the AWS ecosystem. So we think about uh, our file system services addressing two basic workload types. Um, general purpose or business workloads, whether that's ERP, CRM systems, messaging systems, analytics, or maybe content production, and also compute intensive workloads where your applications require hundreds of gigabytes a second, millions of IOPS, petabytes of storage. And applications in the media entertainment space, the oil and gas space, uh, the uh, you know, electronic design space, just to name a few, are application types that really are compute intensive, and so we offer file systems for both of these classes. So our first file system that we released uh, in, in 2016 was Amazon Elastic File System. And it was designed and is designed to provide cloud scale file systems for the vast majority uh, of your business applications. And today EFS serves, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, uh, hundreds of thousands of customers. Uh, and we do that in 19 regions and by the end of this year, we will be in uh, every region uh, so that no matter where you are, uh, you will have the ability to use uh, this service. And when we built DFS, we built it around some very um, fundamental attributes. First, uh, that it would be cloud native, it would be elastic. Uh, you pay for what you use and it grows and shrinks as you use the file system. You never have to worry about provisioning. You do not have to think about uh, whether or not there will be uh, storage for you. It is always there. 
Um, it needs to be super simple. Uh, creating a file system EFS is really a matter of a couple clicks in the console or, or a couple of calls in our, on our APIs. And once it's created, again, you don't have to really think about it. Um, it needs to be cost effective, and we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, what we've done along the, uh, the cost dimension uh, this year, which is really exciting. Um, and it needs to be performant. Right? When you start using the file system, again, you want it to be set and forget, you don't want to think about this. And we have a number of performance modes and capabilities uh, that you can turn on with a click of a, of a console uh, to make that all happen. Now last year at reInvent was very exciting for this space. I was very excited uh, because we launched um, a fam new family of file systems called FSX. And FSX, uh, we last year we launched two uh, members of this family. Uh, FSX for Windows Server and FSX for Luster. Uh, and FSX for Windows is designed to serve all Windows workloads and it's built on Windows Server. So it is 100% compatible with uh, or uh, against you know, Windows file system semantics. So if you have an application that runs against Windows file systems, FSX for Windows will work out of the box, if you would, uh, for your applications. Um, and it's a fully managed file system on all dimensions, like EFS, couple clicks of the console, couple calls of the, of the API, and you are up and running with a file system that's set and forget that you do not have to worry about. Um, we have cost-optimized capabilities that we're launching um, soon, and we'll talk a little bit about those. And frankly, it just works. And a lot of folks come to us and ask the question, you know, will this work with my application? Will this work with this Windows application? It simply just works. FSX for Luster is designed, as I mentioned a minute ago, for compute-intensive applications. Um, and it, too, is a set-and-forget model where it's fully managed, parallel clustered file system. Um, and it's really unique uh, in a first in the industry where you can, through a simple set of clicks of the console, you can bring up a parallel uh, file system, parallel cluster file system, and not have to worry about it. Uh, FSX for Luster is also integrated with S3. So if you have a data lake that you're building uh, and you'd like to uh, process that data using a file system, when you create an FSX file system, you just associate it with one of your S3 buckets, and we take care of the rest. We populate the file system from the bucket, and we return the data to the bucket um, for your long-term persistent storage. Okay, so that's a, a quick introduction to our file system services. Uh, what I'd like to do now is I'd like to bring um, uh, one of our customers uh, for EFS up on the stage. Uh, Discover is a global leader in credit services, and since 1985, uh, they've been disrupting and innovating, quite frankly, with their commercials entertaining uh, us uh, with, uh, with their no-fee cards uh, and their cash-back programs, uh, which, when they first came out, were pretty revolutionary. Uh, and I'm sure that you know, some of you have uh, Discover in your pocket, and hopefully during the course of this week, um, you've used it, but uh, maybe responsibly. Um, and so, uh, since its inception, uh, Discover has been an innovator and disruptor, uh, and together with AWS, they continue uh, this innovation uh, and creation of value for, for their business and for customers. Uh, and to tell you about Discover's journey uh, of innovation on AWS, I'd like to uh, please welcome uh, Discover's Director of Data Science Technology, uh, Brandon Harris. <laughs> 
Thanks, Wayne. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. Uh, as Wayne said, my name is Brandon Harris. I'm the Director of Data Science Technology uh, for Discover Financial Services. Um, before we jump into the data science platform, I just kind of want to rehash a little bit what Wayne talked about about Discover. So many of you know us from our Discover card product, a credit card product. You may know us from uh, the Diners Club card product as well. And thank you of those, uh, to those of you that are customers. Um, but what you may not know about Discover is that we have a full suite of banking products. Um, so we have checking accounts, savings accounts. Uh, we have CDs. We have loan products, personal loans, student loans, home equity loans. So really a full suite of banking products to help our customers achieve a brighter financial future. And when we talk about achieving that brighter financial future, uh, what we really think about is how do we make, how do we create a better experience, a better value um, for our customers? And nothing underscores that focus more than analytics and the work we do in data science. Now to be competitive in the financial industry, Discover has had to be very good at data science, very good at analytics, long before those were buzzwords, right? We've been doing this for quite some time. Um, and the way this has really manifested itself at Discover is we have analytics teams who are very good at what they do, but they're very aligned to specific business units. So over here we have our marketing people who are very, very good at marketing. And over here we have our credit and risk and decisioning people who are very, very good at that. Uh, but the challenge is, is really getting those people to talk together. And that was kind of the impetus behind our data science platform in Air9. My leadership and I sat down uh, and we thought about analytics and, and what we really need to do to drive Discover forward using data science. Uh, and that was the first thing we landed on, was how do we get, how do we create a platform where we can have all these teams that are very good and very optimized in their individual areas come together and share that knowledge uh, and capability. So that was the net, uh, Air9 was the net result of that discussion. And Air9 really lives at this intersection of code, data, and compute. And, and for me to explain that, let me just walk you through the user journey of an Air9 user. So they log into uh, the web page using their Active Directory credentials. They are then defining a data set that they want to work with. So this is going against the data catalog. This is going against our cloud data warehouse. And they're choosing tables or data sets that are pre-made, or they're creating a SQL query or pasting a SQL query that they already have. But essentially, they're defining the data they want to work with. On the next page, they're defining the environment, so the scope and the size of this environment. And what this environment actually is, it's a pod-based deployment running on top of Kubernetes, which is, of course, running on top of EC2 instances. So they're choosing the tool they want to use, H2O, SAS, Python, R. Uh, they're choosing the size of this environment in memory, in gigabytes, or in some cases terabytes. They're choosing the compute, the number of cores. They hit go, and they get an email a few minutes later, and they say, here's your environment, it's ready. And one of the great things about this environment is they're very ephemeral, but we have a layer of storage representing state so that they can save files and output to their home directory. They can save insights uh, and information to share, uh, shared team and project folders. And there's a underscoring, underscoring that storage layer is a distributed uh, storage capability. And before we got to EFS, we tried a number of things. We knew, <clears throat> excuse me, we knew that we had to have customized environments for these, these users. They were going to install lots of packages. They were going to do lots of changes to these environments. Um, and we wanted to embrace that. So Kubernetes was a great fit. But we needed to keep information about these users, about their, their insights, and, and their, you know, save their work as they go along. So we tried an open, uh, open source, kind of off-the-shelf, distributed storage uh, solution. And that worked well for a little bit. 
Um, where we got into trouble with that was that it was very complex to manage. So we had to have a dedicated team focused on this installation, on provisioning these new EC2 instances, on watching EBS volumes, on forecasting capacity and usage. And it also became very expensive very quickly. And I remember the day that this kind of hit us, that this is not going to work as it is, was when we had looked at our storage compute, uh, storage cost and our compute cost for the past month. And we actually saw for this environment, um, and we were able to narrow down to that, thank you, EC2 tagging, um, but we were able to narrow down to the cost for this, uh, this product. And the uh, storage costs had actually outstripped the compute costs um, by, multiple, by multiples, right? And this is a data science environment. This is, this is all compute. Uh, and, and our storage costs are, are exceeding compute. So something is broken in that equation. Uh, so we took a look at re-architecting this. Rather than pulling off individual infrastructure pieces from the, the AWS catalog, we looked at managed services. Uh, and EFS seemed to fit the bill. So very quickly, we pivoted over to EFS. And EFS is now our, our storage layer for Kubernetes. It's abstracted through uh, storage classes. And we use PVCs to mount uh, home directories. And we use PVCs to mount team and, and shared project folders um, to the Air9 platform. But really, it's been a huge success for us. We have uh, multiple petabytes of data on EFS um, for this work. The teams are able to share insights uh, and collaborate very quickly. We no longer have to worry about forecasting capacity uh, and storage costs. It's very much set it and forget it. In fact, we rarely look at this, uh, this installation after it was up and running, right? Whereas previously, we were looking at it all the time and getting calls in the middle of the night. Um, so I would say from an overhead and management perspective, <clears throat> EFS has really reduced that by 90%, if not more. We really just install it and let it go. Um, from a cost perspective, easily reducing cost by half. If you look at the replication factor for some of these distributed storage projects um, that are out there, you know, in 2x or 3x replication factors, just shaving that off um, right off the bat is going to save quite a bit of money, and in our case, it did. So I'm happy to say that Discover is very, uh, very efficiently uh, and very quickly embracing EFS uh, in a number of areas, but most prominently in our data science area. It's been critical to making sure that our users uh, have started to adopt the platform. And because of EFS and the, and the way we're able to handle their data and create these environments for them, we've seen adoption rates that exceed 70% of our data scientists. And this is in under a year of having this internal product built out. So, um, you know, it's been a lot of great, a lot of great feedback. Uh, the product has worked very, very well for us. Um, and, you know, with that, I think I would just say that if you're starting down this road and you're considering standing up your own uh, distributed storage platform, probably don't. Okay. Think about that long and hard. I think EFS offers a very compelling uh, opportunity, a very, very compelling option uh, in that space. So with that, that's all I have. Uh, I'll turn it over to Wayne. But thank you again to AWS and the EFS team for really uh, helping us focus on that North Star at Discover. And that is helping our customers to achieve a brighter financial future. So thank you, everyone. It's stories like that that make going to work and doing what we do every day uh, simply um, most gratifying thing uh, I can think of, of doing. Um, thank you very much, Brendan, for, for the story. Um, watching companies transform in the way that Discover uh, has done with their infrastructure and uh, now their application architecture using uh, containers uh, and what they can do with the data uh, to serve, frankly, all of us as customers uh, is, is, is amazing. It's, it's heartwarming. 
Um, so thank you very much. Um, so throughout the course of the year, year over year, we listen to what you want us to build. Um, your insights inspire us. Um, your feedback on what we've built that may not be going so well uh, motivates us. And what I want to cover here uh, in the next couple of minutes are some of the things we've done throughout uh, the course of, of 2019. Um, but first, um, I want to just say that the success uh, of what we're talking about here uh, is due to your input. It's your ideas, it's your feedback. Um, and uh, based on this input, we really do have uh, the best file storage, file system storage portfolio uh, in, in, in the world today. And, um, you know, our, our, our leadership in, in file system storage uh, stands on the shoulders of our success in block storage with EBS and object storage with S3. So what I'd like to do is take a few moments uh, to, to go through some of the things that we built this year based on working harder, uh, continuing to drive forward with the innovations that we produce so that you uh, can innovate on behalf of your businesses and customers. So um, there are attributes that are just immutable um, in, in anything that we do. Uh, and having great economics, uh, having great cost, uh, so that you don't have to really think about uh, whether or not the service is right for you or the services are right for you. Uh, with EFS and with FSX, uh, we have the lowest cost NFS storage in EFS and the lowest cost um, uh, window storage with FSX for Windows. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in the next couple of slides. So for EFS, uh, during the last year, we released a number of, of capabilities. The first and foremost is re we released a new storage class for infrequently accessed data, which we refer to in shorthand as EFSIA. And we released that at the beginning of the year. And with that, we also released the, uh, a lifecycle uh, management capability that you can turn on, again, with one click uh, in the console on a, an existing file system or on a file system you're, you're creating, and you can establish uh, with that what policy you'd like to support in having data be moved or, or migrated uh, for, transparently to you, to your applications, uh, from our standard storage class to our IA storage class. And all of that data lives under one namespace. So for your applications, they don't know uh, that the data has moved from one storage class to another. If you would, it's the beginning of intelligent tiering. And you can set those policies to be seven days, 14, uh, 30, 60, or 90. Uh, and with the introduction of EFSIA, you now have the ability to use EFS, use this NFS uh, file system storage capability, starting at 2.5 cents a gigabyte per month. And this was a, a really um, big uh, change from what we had in previous years, where we only had one storage class at 30 cents per gigabyte per month. So, I'm very excited. Uh, the customers uh, that are engaging uh, this capability are super excited, and we look forward uh, to input that you would have on using this feature. Now, for FSX Windows, uh, we, we've launched support this year uh, for smaller file systems. So now, 
uh, you can launch a file system that starts at 32 gigs, so you can reduce your cost, reduce your footprint uh, out of the gate. Uh, we've introduced the ability just recently at Storage uh, Day, that happened in November, uh, the ability to deduplicate uh, your FSX uh, data. And coming very soon, this is very exciting, uh, we're introducing a um, hard disk drive or HDD capability for FSX for Windows, which will enable you to have a, um, uh, an FSX file system starting at 1.3 cents per gigabyte month in a single AZ environment and in a multi-AZ environment at 2.5 cents, so very similar to EFS in a, in a multi-AZ environment. So this is an incredible, uh, incredible uh, step forward in providing all of you uh, the value that we're generating by making these systems more efficient, uh, more cost effective, and passing those uh, savings on to, to you and your teams. Now, um, in addition to cost, you know, what's super important uh, for infrastructure is to have uh, your, your data uh, highly protected, uh, and we do this uh, in, in, in our architectures by utilizing the underlying or the underpinnings of our regional uh, architecture. And our regional architecture is that we have at least three AZs in any one region, and those AZs are geographically separated. And in this architecture and how we built EFS and FSX, uh, when we replicate data, we replicate it across these three AZs. Uh, for FSX, we replicate it across two AZs, so that in the event that an AZ becomes unavailable, your data is always available and you never have to worry about uh, whether your data is available to your applications based on any events that may happen in a region. So like DynamoDB, like S3, uh, EFS is a highly durable and multi-AZ service, uh, and we believe this is an important consideration uh, when you're building your storage infrastructure, uh, and uh, we, we would ask you to consider um, you know, EFS if these attributes are, are really important to you and what you do. Uh, for FSX for Windows at Storage uh, Day in November, uh, we released the ability to have a multi-AZ file system for FSX for Windows. And this is a fully managed multi-AZ file system. So again, uh, one click in the console and we will stand up a multi-AZ file system in the event that uh, an AZ um, is unavailable we will fail over to the uh, second AZ, and when that AZ becomes available again, we will fail back. And you don't have to think about that or worry about that in your application architectures. Now, as part of uh, moving uh, you forward from transforming your infrastructure to transforming applications, uh, integrations with security services, integration with um, compute services, and integrations with other platforms like our ML platforms, uh, are also uh, important. This is the feedback that you provided us. Uh, so when you're transforming uh, your applications to use uh, the greater AWS, we want to make sure that our file systems are there with you. So over the course of uh, the year, we've integrated our file systems with uh, ECS and EKS. Um, we've also integrated uh, EFS directly into the launch wizard for EC2, so you can create or use a file system as you're creating your instances. And earlier in the year, uh, the SageMaker team integrated SageMaker with both uh, FSX for Lustre and with EFS so that your scientists can utilize shared file storage 
amongst themselves when they're, when they're building their notebooks and building their experiments. So you don't have to worry about that at all. That infrastructure and that integration is taken care of for you. And security for us, and I know for you, is table stakes. It's job one. And so um, throughout the year, uh, we've been implementing additional security capabilities. Now, uh, for our file system services, uh, encryption at rest and encryption in transit is there for you to use uh, for, across, across the, the entire um, family. Uh, we are pre-announcing at reInvent this year uh, EFS's ability to integrate directly with IAM that I mentioned earlier uh, in the session. So when you're using the fundamental building blocks of security of IAM, uh, KMS, and VPCs uh, to build your applications, we want to make sure that you don't have to think about those with respect to your storage infrastructure. So for, for all of our file system services, uh, you will have the ability to utilize those security constructs uh, with file system services and your, within your applications. And also earlier in the year, FSX for Windows uh, released a number of capabilities for um, integration with, um, uh, with AD, with Active Directory, so that you have the ability to um, use self-managed AD or uh, AWS-managed AD with your file systems. Okay, so those are some of the some of the sort of big rocks, if you would, big boulders of things that we did throughout the year uh, for our file system services. And I'd like to now uh, bring up on stage um, uh, Mark from MindBody. And MindBody is a leader in cloud-based uh, management solutions for the health and wellness industry. And, and I ran into MindBody uh, back in 2003, sort of pre-cloud, uh, when I was... Uh, uh, in a, uh, a, a spa, and somebody asked me to schedule an appointment uh, and use this application called MindBody. And you know, in those days, you'd kind of walk in and somebody would write something down on a on a pad of paper, and that was how you made your appointment. And so here we are, uh, these years uh, later, uh, and um, I still uh, go to a number of places, whether it's a you know a gym or a yoga studio. And MindBody is always there. It's, it's sort of, it's been with me for uh, a good 16 years or, or so now. And so I'm really happy uh, to, to bring Mark up on the stage um, and tell us about how they've transformed their infrastructure uh, using our file system services and how quickly they were able to move from on-prem infrastructure uh, to, to AWS using our technologies. And um, with that, I want to bring um, I want to bring Mark up on the stage. So please uh, join me in welcoming Mind Body. Thanks, Wayne. So I'm curious, just a show of hands, how many people are familiar with the Mind Body application? If you've heard of it before, see a few hands out there. So I think first off. The cloud and storage is ridiculous with our acronyms, so that's why I had my uh, little heading here, um, that this is a presentation on acronyms, but it's really not, so you're fine. We're going to talk about FSX. So really, um, I'm going to give you two quick stories this morning. Um, the first one is an actual acquisition we had at MindBody. Um, it's an application called Fitmetrics. Fitmetrics is what... For instance, let's say you go to a spin class or something like that as a gym. Fitmetrics captures all of your data, your cadence, heart rate, things like that. And MindBody, we, we acquired them. And when we did that, they were already cloud native, but they were running their infrastructure a lot like you, know, you would in a traditional data center. So we had these large, only scale up 
servers and everything, excuse me, by the way, if you see me up here sweating, it's because I'm not nervous. As a mind-body employee, I ran the 8K. You go to these conferences and feel obligated to do like the fitness task. So I ran, showered, and ran over here. So <laughs> thank you. Um, go mind-body. All right. Yeah, so in managing that, I mean, obviously you have n times x everything. We had our code was deployed across all these servers, all local, so we had all those backups to manage, all those configurations, and we knew that we needed to redo that infrastructure. So the keystone to doing that was going to be an FSX volume. So you can read the slide, you can, well, we'll go here next. Here's some of the, the um, not so great things about the, the infrastructure before FSX. Um, you can see our deployments were about eight to 10 weeks to get code out. It took us about 24 to 72 hours to rebuild one of the massive servers that we had for this application. So life was not necessarily that great, which kind of led to this. So my uh, partner in crime is in the middle there. Jig, you can stand up. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Jig. Give him a round of applause. So not only is FSX a great storage, it also, um, you know, turns back time. So I'm here uh, looking a little better, I hope. If not, um, you can tell me later. So we um, use these tools that you can see, and just we transformed everything into infrastructure as code. The great thing about this is using FSX, we're able to deploy our code right to the FSX volume so we could kind of decouple that from the infrastructure. So that allowed us then to you know, utilize auto-scaling groups and our application load balancers. And where we went from that 24 to 72 hour spin-up time, we are now able to deploy our whole server farms in the span of six to seven minutes. So now, when we you know, made a change to our server farm or anything like that, we did a new push, we'd change over DNS, and the application was live on our new farm, and then we could kill the old farm. So that's how we deploy now, and it's great. So we've reduced that time, and now we do code deploys about every other week. So it's really, really phenomenal. Um, next, this is my uh, also personal favorite. So th this is the second project that we're working with FSX. So a little plug for my favorite movie of all time is Dumb and Dumber. I chose the codename Aspen because it's a great place to be, just like the cloud, a place where the beer flows like wine. <laughs> so what our existing environment was, was we were running on an EMC Isilon of 48 terabytes. Now, I came from, as a 12-year veteran of the uh, data um, storage environment, and I worked for a company that resembles that first line up there with three letters. <laughs> So for me, when I saw 48 terabytes when I was introduced to this project, it didn't seem like a lot until I discovered that that 48 terabytes was comprised of 100 million files. Insert your best Austin Powers pinky. That's where the cat comes in. That kind of data set is really difficult to migrate over network. I mean, I think my preliminary estimates, if we did a sequential copy of that data over our direct connect, it was going to be like three years or something like that. So we uh, put our minds together, and what we did is we broke up everything into chunks of 10,000 files, we archived those, and we submitted them to a Snowball Edge job, and then when you ship it off to Amazon, they receive that Snowball Edge, they extract that data into your S3 bucket. So from that um, beginning to end, when I submitted the job in the AWS console until when that data was available in an S3 bucket, took us 28 days, which was amazing and really exciting for us. 
Um, so now, what is the future? So all these things that we talked about, right? I mean, what's, you know, this is all great, rah, rah, rah. It's just, it allows us to do so many more things now that we have this FSX volume. We can go and, and storage, you know, we don't have to give time to it anymore. It, it, it's, it's running. You know, as Wayne mentioned, you just set it and it works. So now we're able to focus our efforts on other things. We're able to build for the future, work on the other areas of the data center that we need to migrate. And right now we're looking to the future with serverless, um, containerization, and just having everything set up um, already in FSX allows us to, to seamlessly do that. So with our major 48 terabytes that we have, I mean, now with the introduction of HA and HDD storage, um, we're so excited that we're gonna have our application and just be able to switch over an endpoint to that new FX, FSX drive and just be able to hit uh, off to the races. So we're very excited how FSX has helped us to leverage the future state at MindBody and plan for the future. So, um, and also at MindBody, you know, that gives us extra time to do yoga and Pilates and things like that with our time. So, in the vein of that, I want everyone to do a big group hug because MindBody's really into that. So thank you guys for your time and letting me present this morning. Thank you very much. You bet. That was fantastic. Um, <laughs> so, FSX was launched last year at the show, and we just heard Mark talk about how they're using the service to transform infrastructure, applications, and their business. Um, as a builder, I can't ask for anything more. Uh, thank you um, for, what, for what you're doing, and uh, just, <laughs> I'm going to play that clip when I wake up in the morning just to get me going. I think, I think that's, going to, that's going to keep me going every day. Um, so uh, it's been a busy year for us. Uh, we've talked about a couple of things that we've done throughout the year. Uh, and I just want to um, you know, thank you all for the inspirations that you give us and the feedback that you give us uh, in order to do what we do every day uh, uh, you know, back uh, where these services are created, which is Boston, Massachusetts. And what's up on the screen here is um, not to be read. It's, uh, it's a lot of stuff, uh, but by the numbers, uh, in, the, in the course of uh, 20, 2019, or since we were here last year at reInvent, uh, the teams have launched 54 capabilities uh, across the three services, 24 for EFS, 14 for Luster and 20 for FSX Windows. Um, and so here's, uh, here's what I'd like to do. One, we set out this morning, my intention was not to have an agenda for you. It was to provide you with some takeaways. And I'm hoping that we accomplished that, that um, you understand how file system services can help your business, uh, that you understand the members of our family that the mind, body, and discover stories are motivating, instructional, or helpful in how you think about what you're going to do going forward. Um, and yet you've gained an understanding of some of the key things that we've done this year. Um, but I'd, I'd like to ask a favor of every one of you. Um, every year, I love hearing stories of how what we've done in the previous year, or maybe previous two years, is helping your, your business, helping your teams. I would love for you when you get home, or maybe as you're wandering around Vegas for a couple more days, to think about the stories you've heard today 
think about some of the things that we've launched throughout the year or the services on whole, and go back and solve a problem that you didn't think you had a solution to, or that you've been solving in a way which what, uh, either Mark or Brandon have said they tried and they decided to do something else. And I'd love to hear that story. I'd love for you to reach out to me, and it's wduso at amazon.com, and tell me about what you're doing to transform your infrastructure to make your applications um, more in tune with some of the modern frameworks uh, that we're providing to you with some of our other services. And most importantly, how it's changed your business, how it's transformed your business, whether it's saving money, disrupting you know, spaces that you're in, and bringing value to your customers. So thank you. Thank you for your time this morning. Um, these are some of the services, uh, some of the sessions. Um, we have an amazing team of people that have come uh, to the show this week, super smart, super uh, passionate about what they do. Please spend some time with them. Uh, they'll inspire you like they inspire me every single day. And I look forward to hearing from you on what you're doing with these services uh, to help your customers and innovate on, on their behalf. So with that, thank you very much. Uh, we'll, have, we'll take questions if anybody has questions. If not, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks.